All right, we have the meeting after the meeting. An article here on the same March 1995 AA Grapevine that I was marking the ones I just read. And look at here. I ran across meetings, meetings, and more meetings. And this article, we have read it because in the park meeting at the Grapevine meeting uh, twice in the last, you know, three weeks. And here it is again. When something like that happens, is that odd or is that God? So we need to read it again to get the message and see what our higher power is directing us to. It's a, it's a great piece of literature. I had sent it out to my sponsees to rewrite it, uh, to, to go ahead and voice it out so I can bring it to you. When you ever hear a different voice in this podcast, it's probably one of my sponsees or one of my friends in recovery, and they voluntarily uh, put their voices in here, and I tell them it's 12-step work, and they gladly do it. They do it with 30 days of sobriety, 60 days, or whatever time they have. All right, here we go. Meetings, meetings, meetings. And this is sent to us from Anonymous. Irisburg, Vermont. That sounds familiar, anonymous. Here we go. Meetings, meetings, meetings. I have been sober for 25 years. In the peculiar math of Alcoholic Anonymous, 25 times 365 equals one. We all share the camaraderieship of having been sober this one day which is the only day we really have. But as a friend reminded me a few days ago, yeah, it's one a day at a time in a row. Sobriety has brought with it countless blessings, all of them in the form of people. First, there's a continuing relationship with Lynn, my wife of 30 years, 30 years married and still going. We are the avenue for each other's to experience emotions that otherwise we might keep at a safe distance. I also had the privilege of seeing my children grow up into great human beings who love me and their birthing of grandchildren who also love me. Why do I keep coming to AA after all these years? One reason is that I laugh here more than any place else I go. This laughter is hard to explain, isn't it? We tell each other stories of tragedy and see our own story, the absurdity of our actions, and we laugh together. I think it's partly relief that allows us to laugh, partly relief, and partly trust. The laughter comes from knowing someone else really understands what madness there is in alcoholism. I think also we laugh because we're glad to be alive among a crowd of other equally glad to be alive. This is laughter from heaven. I also come to AA for the shock of self-recognition. When I heard your stories, I see myself. When I can see myself, I know that I need to be healed, restored, built up, and lifted up. I come for the antidote to my own peculiar brand of arrogance, egotism, and pride. This antidote isn't a vaccine, but a medicine I require in order to survive these poisons that live inside me. 
Meetings is where I get this medicine. And you encourage me. I am made brave. That's what encourage means after all. So that I can risk little experiments at being better. In other words, I come to learn how to be human. The 12 steps are a lifelong schooling in what it means to be human. Not for nothing are they called steps in small increments of improvement that add up over the years. I learned to walk the walk of life together with you. I learned that to be human is to be a creature, that creatures have a creator. I learned to be human is to discover the power in powerlessness. To discover the power in powerlessness. So explore the meaning in surrender. I learned to face myself without fear, even with pleasure. I learned to hand over my failings and my successes to be confessional and vulnerable. To live in the day of the day's failings and successes are enough for a human being. I learned to deepen my relationship with God and to carry the message of to other alcoholics. And I come for friendship and affection. Not only the friendly and affectionate feelings of others towards me, although I treasure them, but for the inspiration you give me to feel friendly and affectionate towards you. This is harder for me to invest myself in others. It's a characteristic of all humans, not just drunk either, to be on their way toward the best that is in them or the worst. It, it's a characteristic of all humans, not just drunks, either to be on their way toward the best that is in them or the worst. There's no such thing as standing still. I'm either getting better or I'm getting worse. I can't content myself with indulging a little bit of badness because it will progress. I will become a bit more bad as I age and a bit more and more until by the time I'm old, I will have become all of what I only indulge in at 40, but relish at 50, and was consumed by at 60. Allowing myself to love you, admitting to myself that I will miss you if you would should die, these are ways of continuing my growth without which something much worse than deaths happen to me, than death. I become that which I loathe within me. A little liar becomes the liar. A little thief becomes the thief. A little sadist becomes the Marcus. A little whiner becomes the total self-pityer. You protect me from the wicked self and lift up the image of my good self for me. To keep striving after, for this I am indebted to you. For this I love you and I will miss you if you die. So in summation, this is what I continue to this is why I continue to come to meetings. I come for sobriety. I come to keep up my gratitude and subdued my taking for granted dude. Take it for gratitude. I come because this is where I laugh more than anywhere else. I come for the shock of self-recognition. I come for the antidote to pride. I come to learn how to be human. I come to learn how to love. What keeps me coming to meetings after 25 years is certainly necessity, but necessity never did anything for me. 
as a motivating force. It was pleasure that has always motivated me. And that is still the bottom line. I come for the pleasure of it, the pure pleasure. From Irisburg, Vermont, Anonymous. Thank you very much. I got the message. It's laughter. When laughter is created in a room, a miracle happens. We are encouraged. We are diffused from negative, uh, a negative power that's trying to wind us down. We take a vacation from ourselves. Laughter is important. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. I remember in the uh, a few years ago, before I got married, I was going through. I was going to go through a lot of changes in my life. I was going to stop driving my my semi, and and the Lord. I kept getting messages about laughing, laughter, laughter. And I it was so much that I did a review on Google and I found out that there was a movie done in 1938 called Laughter. Black and white, really, really sketchy. You're gonna have to really concentrate. And when uh, the couple are being taken from the police to, the, to their house and the sirens are going off and they got motorcycles, old Harley Davidson's and and they're talking about laughter. And the guy's explaining to, to his old girlfriend that she's married now. He says, you know, you're losing your character because you're dying inside. You're not using laughter. Laughter will encourage you. Laughter will breathe. It's just awesome. You really have to pay attention to that. So the message is, guys, is to get out there and act like a, a little foolish and tell everybody, I got a joke. Takes a lot of a lot of guts. Even if you bomb, you're gonna get chuckles that you bomb and you try it. Everybody's gonna start smiling as soon as you say, "I got a joke." It's a lot better than saying, "I've been thinking." <laughs> I got a joke. I have humor. I want to share it with you. Amen. And with that, let's go ahead and finish off with the Lord's Prayer, please. Thank you for coming on today's extra reading. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's a working. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Fernando, alcoholic. AA Electronic Meeting for the day. Today, January the 30th. AA Thought for the Day. A drinking life isn't a happy life. Drinking cuts you off from other people and from God. One of the worst things about drinking is the loneliness. And one of the best things about AA is the fellowship. Drinking cuts you off from other people, at least from the people who really matter to you your family, your co-workers, and your real friends. 
No matter how much you love them, you build up a wall between you and them by drinking. You cut them off from any real companionship with them. As a result, you're terribly lonely. Have I gotten rid of my loneliness? Meditation for today. I will sometimes go aside into a quiet place of retreat with God. In the place I will find restoration and healing and power. I will plan quiet times now and then, times when I will commune with God and rise, rested and refreshed to carry on the work that God has given me to do. I know that God will never give me a load greater than I can bear. It is in serenity and peace that all true success lies. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may strengthen my inner life so that I may find serenity. I pray that my soul may be restored in quietness and peace. Serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Welcome to today's podcast. Like I said, this is Fernando, your alcoholic. Let's go ahead and uh, read now from uh, Daily Reflection, January 30th. Freedom from Freedom 2. We are going to know a new freedom. Alcoholic Anonymous, page 83. Freedom for me is both freedom from and freedom to. The first freedom I enjoy is freedom from the slavery of alcohol. What a relief. Then I began to experience freedom from fear, fear of people, of economic insecurity, of commitments, of failure, of rejection. Then I began to enjoy freedom too. Freedom to choose sobriety for today. Freedom to be myself. Freedom to express my opinion. To experience peace of mind. To love and to be loved. And freedom to grow spiritually. But how can I achieve these freedoms? The big book clearly says that before I am halfway through making amends, I will begin to know a new freedom. Not the old freedom of doing what I please without regard to others, but the new freedom that allows fulfillment of the promises in my life. What a joy to be free. And now I'm going to read you an article from uh, 1995 March. A.A. Grapevine is called... To hell and back. I got this randomly. When I became a member of Alcoholics Anonymous in September 1988, I wasn't sure that the program would work for me. But I was driven by the fear of what might happen to me and my children if I didn't give it a try. Fear was probably the very thing I needed to bring me to the point of surrender necessary to recover. Again, let me read that again. Fear was probably the very thing I needed to bring me to the point of surrender necessary to recover. When staying sober became my number one priority, I started to do things differently. I went to many meetings. I got a sponsor. I created a network of people in recovery around me. I became part of that same network by working with others and sobriety became my life. During my first 90 days of sobriety, I had a few spiritual experiences and some deep revelations. One in particular was of the burning bush variety. 
The guilt and shame of past experiences were lifted from me and have not to this day returned. I have used the guilt and shame to feel like the worst of the worst, and when they were lifted, I became just like everyone else. No better, no worse. When I was six months sober, my daughter, age 11, drowned in a bathtub due to my human failings. As I struggled with this reality, my AA group carried me as far as they could. Then they turned me over to God. I needed God then more than ever before, and I'm grateful that I was already convinced He was there for me. At one year sober, I came to the realization that I still had two older children who needed me. I decided to get busy. I came off welfare and became the only female carpenter in the local union. Being a single parent, I had plenty to keep me busy and always had things to worry myself about. On top of all this, I got into a relationship with a fellow alcoholic who would move in and out on a monthly basis. After two years sober, I decided to build a house. Looking back, I haven't the slightest idea how I accomplished all that I did. Surely I had plugged into a power that was not my own. A year later, my two sons and I moved into our brand new home. My boyfriend, whom I'm still greatly fond of today, had left me once and for all. During my second year and third sober years, my mood began to swing dramatically from extreme highs to suicidal depressions. I sought help from counselors and psychiatrists. Repeatedly, I refused medications and treatment because of what I had come to believe in AA. My peers in AA said that if you were taking medication, then you weren't clean and sober. I concluded that my mood swings were understandable given my life situation. When my husband-to-be came into my life, I was happy as I had ever been. My husband, a widower with a daughter, was also in recovery and was eager to be my partner in life. My stepdaughter needed me, and I needed her too. My sons needed a father, and now they would have one. Life would, was good at last. I quit work for a while to be a mom and housewife. I had little or no stress, and we were all happy. Then, after two months of marriage, I went into a depression so deep that I wanted to die. I tried everything, meetings, sponsors, step, prayers, etc., and just couldn't come out of it. This time, I had nothing to pin it on. I didn't make sense. I felt crazy, and I began to doubt all that I have come to believe in and through sobriety. After two years, excuse me. After three months of relentless depression, I wound up in a psychiatrist unit. I had become as willing to listen as only the dying can be. I was diagnosed manic, depressive, bipolar disorder, and finally I was willing to try medication, anything that would relieve me of the merciless depression. During the next two years, I had 10 days stays in the psychiatric unit. I was arrested once for assault charges after striking my husband. I slipped my wrist and overdosed on my medications. My stepdaughter was taken away overnight by the Child Protection Services. I wanted to die more than I wanted to live. I knew only that I was living in hell and I was taking everyone I loved right along with me. I was afraid of dying, but living seemed worse. After five years of sobriety, I drank again. I don't blame my relapse on my mental condition. I know that my sobriety lost its priority and for that, I am responsible. 
Drinking wasn't the worst thing that happened during those years, and I no longer believe that drinking is the worst thing that could happen to me today. I've been to hell and sobriety, and quite frankly, I would rather drink. I have five months sober today, and I am finally taking the medications that work for me. I am in a group therapy for mentally ill, chemical addicted clients. I have recently started individual therapy on a long-term basis. I attended regular AA meetings, and I have a host of friends who accepted and loved me unconditionally. During the course of my lifetime, I have experienced trauma after trauma, as have many of us. I am, without a doubt, an alcoholic. I also suffer from grave emotional and mental disorder. Without help for my problems other than alcohol, I will get drunk, and drunk I will never be able to work through these problems. The steps of AA work wonders on alcoholism, but they can't guide me through all my problems. I need outside help, and just like a diabetic, I will have to take medication for the rest of my life. I wish that more people at AA could understand this, and I and some friends have started a new meeting for people in recovery who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders. We call it the Forgotten Chapter Group because of Dr. Silver's remarks in The Doctor's Opinion. In this big book, we are just getting off the ground and there is much interest and input. We're all very grateful for one another and hopeful as well. I love AA and everything I have found there. I love AA and everything that I have found there. If I hadn't gotten sober, my maniac depression wouldn't have been diagnosed. And I don't like to think about where I might be. Instead, I have a purpose today. Share my experience, strength, and hope with others like me. Tina W. from Kingston, Washington. I'm Fernando, alcoholic. And what do I have to say about that? You know, there was a speaker talking the other day, and they were talking about the family afterwards, that after the drinking, the family is is not right. Or they <clears throat> probably, they even with the drinking or not the drinking, they probably were not going to be right, talking about the children's and associations and everything. It doesn't tell you how to take alcohol to see that... Uh, you know, people grow with problems. But the good thing we have about Alcoholic Anonymous is the ability to surrender and let the natural power of AA take its course. That life is short, love is important, forgiveness is a test, and and just let go and 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 take care of yourself and let others know that you're, you're okay and you're having fun, and that's giving them love. If I take care of myself and I let my brothers and sisters and all my loved ones, I'm good, then I'm doing my responsibility, that I'm taking care of self, you know, with the program and with the fellowship and the love and the laughter and having a God that I'm understanding, having a God of my understanding. Amen. I love you guys. Thank you so much for coming in here today. I was hoping for a, a a fun reading, but that's the that's the truth and the realistic that we have to deal with. That that uh, the mental obsession is all of us have that reeling of the mind that goes back and forth, back and forth. Thank you very much for coming in here. Let me read a quick one. 
this one is here from Mary C. from Sycamore, Illinois. The, uh, the heading caught my eyes. It says, ears are my ears, eyes are my eyes. <laughs> the poet E.E. E. Cummings wrote, Now the ears of my ears are open, now the eyes of my eyes awake. The last 16 months of sobriety have brought life to these words. At age 44, after 30 years of drinking, my senses have come alive. The dreaded Norton, Illinois winter came and I witnessed the beauty of snowflakes falling on the rosy cheeks of people scurrying about. I heard the laughter of children sliding, sledding, and routed to an AA meeting, my sponsor said, Look, Mary, we stopped to watch a deer watch us in the snowy woods, and there was peace. On a January day in Minnesota, we ran up a snowy hill, laughing and tumbling amidst the wet white fluff. Atop the hill, we sat triumphantly, laughing with red noses and chilled toes, looking at the river and village below. Spring came. We walked the rocks on the river, the trees sprouted buds and promised another new season full of wonder. Three deer graced the wooded area visited near the stream. Look, Mary, counted the, count the deer you see this year. And so a life of cynicism, anger, and depression made way for peace, tranquility, and beauty. I have heard crisp footsteps crunch in the snow underfoot and small animals rustle in the spring's undergrowth. My eyes have gazed with childlike wonder at God's miracle of nature unfolding before me. Hey, Mary C. from Sycamore, Illinois. Thank you very much, everyone, for coming in here. Let's go ahead and close with a third step prayer, please. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage yourself that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them. May bear witness to those that would help of thy power, of thy love, of thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's working. Laughter, laughter, laughter. I just got done reading the uh, articles on Grapevine, nine, March 1995. I suggest you get yourself a copy or go into aa.org and read it online. Um, there's a message for all of us there. And the article is laughter, laughter, laughter. Because it came up three, four times. I read it maybe about four times already. And it came up again as I was reading this, this Grapevine. Uh, what a coincidence of all the grapevines there is. I have about a hundred. I pick one randomly and I opened it up and I read a couple of stories and then I came across that article again. Meetings, meetings, meetings. And we, and we read it two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, twice on our grapevine meeting. The lady forgot she read it the, the week before and uh, the one running the meeting. And I went and go ahead and we read it again. And then I read it. I had read it when I went home. I read it in this podcast already. And now we're reading it again. What a coincidence. When something like that happens, it is truly that God is trying to get a message to us. 
And that message is this article, meetings, meetings, and meetings, and more meetings. And to boot, I just finished reading it, and you just heard it. Now I go up, and I have a, a site on my computer that's called uh, Quotes, Brainy Quotes, that I like. And I, and I just open it up, and guess what it says? It says, Dr. Suez says, from there to here and here to there, Funny things are everywhere. From there to here and here to there, funny things are everywhere. And Charlie Chaplin said, A day without laughter is a day wasted. Amen. Mark Twain said, Humor is making greatest blessing. Humor is mankind's greatest blessing. Mahatma Gandhi said, If I had no sense of humor, I would long ago have committed suicide. Whoa. If I had no sense of humor, I would long ago have committed suicide. E.E. Cummings said, The most wasted of all days is one without laughter. Stephen Wright said, Everywhere is within walking distance if you have the time. Everywhere is within walking distance. W.C. Fields said, start every day off with a smile and get it over with. (laughs) Get it over with. That's our goal. Start every day with a smile. Francis Bacon said, imagination was given to man to compensate him for what he is not. A sense of humor to console him for what he is. Beautiful, beautiful words of wisdom, guys. Let's go ahead and practice our uh, smiles. Let's see if we can smile for 10 seconds. Anything that's, uh, can you look in the mirror and smile for 10 seconds? I'll wait, go. I had to imagine myself smiling. I can feel it right away, went into my shoulders. You know, imagine myself smiling. Imagine yourself smiling, guys. That's how it starts. That's that's the track we're going to run on from here on. As a choice. Imagination was given to man to compensate for what he is not. A sense of humor to console him for what he is. Amen. Henry Ward Beecher said, A person without... A sense of humor is like a wagon without springs. It's jolted by every pebble on the road. (laughs) How wise is that? It's always funny until someone gets hurt. Then it's just hilarious. Bill Hicks. Molary said, The duty of comedy is to correct men by amusing them. Whoa. The The duty of comedy is to correct men by amusing them. It reminds me of something that I I have always caught myself quoting or saying, saying, humor is a way to hit a person over the head with a two-by-four. Fernando. (laughs) That's what happened to me. William Arthur Ward said, a well-developed sense of humor is the pole that adds balance to your steps as you walk the tightrope of life. William 
Arthur Ward. A well-developed sense of humor is the pole that adds balance to your steps as you walk the tightrope of life. Woo-hoo. Jennifer Jones said, if you could choose one characteristic that will get you through life, choose a sense of humor. Will Rogers, all right, Will Rogers, everything is funny as long as it is happening to somebody else. <laughs> Aristotle said, the secret to humor is surprise. The secret to humor is surprise. Amen. The punchline, folks. That's why we go to AA for the punchline. Milton Burley said, laughter is an instant vacation. Victor Borg said, laughter is the closest distance between two people. Mel Brooks, humor is just another defense against the universe. Mel Brooks, humor is just another defense against the universe. Irma Bombeck, there is a thin line that separates laughter and pain, comedy and tragedy, humor and hurt. A thin line. Audrey Hepburn, I love people who make me laugh. I honestly think it's the thing I like most, to laugh. It cures a multitude of ills. It's probably the most important thing in a person. Wow, maybe that's why we, we love, like drinking so much, because it made us laugh in the beginning, just laughter and laughter and joy. I wish we could have kept that up, but we drank so much, it turned poison. Anne Wilson Chef said, I realize that humor isn't for everyone. It's only for people who want to have fun, enjoy life, and feel alive. Ooh, hit me in the stomach, will you, Anne Wilson? Annie Wilson Chef. I realize that humor isn't for everyone. It's only for people who want to have fun, fellowship, Enjoy life, fellowship, and feel alive, fellowship. Amen. E.B. White said, "Analyze humor. Analyzing humor is like dissecting a frog. Few people are interested in the frog, and the frog dies of it." <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres said, "Most comedy is based on getting a laugh at somebody else's expense, and I find that's just a form of bullying." in a major way. So I want to be an example that you can be funny and be kind and make people laugh without hurting someone else's feelings. I don't know about that. Clive James said, common sense and a sense of humor are the same thing, moving at different speeds. A sense of humor is just common sense dancing. Wow, beautiful. I believe common sense is our higher power when it's set free in joy and laughter when it has its, its principles and priority, common sense is an honest growth pattern. You know, just to be honest, things that bug us and it's not sitting right. It's not complaining, it's just, you know. Lou Holt said, the problem with having a sense of humor is often that people you use it on aren't in a very good mood. <laughs> Virginia Woolf said, Humor is the first of the gifts to perish in a foreign tongue. Humor is the first of the gifts to perish in a foreign tongue. 
Wow. Humor is one of the best ingredients of survival. Margaret Thatcher said, It's a funny old world. Doug Larson, A pun is the lowest form of humor, unless you thought of it yourself. <laughs> Michael J. Fox, I think the scariest person in the world is a person without a sense of humor. Edward De Bono, Humor is by far the most significant activity of the human brain. Wow. Humor is, the, is by far the most significant activity of the human brain. Peter Ostinov, comedy is simply a funny way of being serious. Wow. Bob Hope, <clears throat> I have seen what a laugh can do. It can transform almost unbearable tears into something bearable, even hopeful. Wow. <laughs> I love this. I have seen what a laugh can do. It can transform almost unbearable tears into something bearable, even hopeful. Groucho Marx said, Humor is reason gone mad. Hug Sidey, A sense of humor is needed armor. Joy in one's heart and some laughter on one's lips is a sign that the person down deep has a pretty good grasp of life. A sense of humor is needed armor, joy in one's heart, and some laughter on one's lips. It's a sign that a person's deep has a pretty good grasp of life. Amen, I can attest to that. Granville Claser said, humor is a tonic for mind and body. It is the best antidote for anxiety and depression. It is a business asset. It attracts and keeps friends. It lightens human burdens. It is the direct route to serenity and contentment. Whoa. Longston Hughes. Like a welcome summer rain, humor may suddenly cleanse and cool the earth and air in and you. Again, like a welcome summer rain, humor may suddenly cleanse and cool the earth, the air, and you. Lucille Ball, it's not funny. What I am is brave. It's not funny. What I am is brave. Bill Nye said, humor is everywhere in that there's irony in just about anything a human does. Jack Benny, gags die, humor doesn't. W. Somerset Maugham, impropriety is the soul of wit. Impropriety is the soul of wit. Impropriety is the soul of wit. Quick to the punch with humor. Fernando says, Alexander Pope said, wit is the lowest form of humor. Francis Sagan said, One can never speak enough of the virtues, the dangers, the power of shared laughter. Hmm. Jacob Riles said, The more I live, the more I think that humor is the saving sense. Humor is the saving sense. Beautiful, huh? Edmund Hillary said, Good planning is important. I also regard it as a sense of humor as one of the most important things on a big expedition. 
when you're in a difficult or dangerous situation or when you're depressed about the chances of success, someone can make you laugh. Ease the tension. Sid Caesar, comedy has to be based on truth. You take the truth and you put a little curly cue at the end. <laughs> Mignon McLaughlin, a sense of humor is a major defense against minor troubles. Woody Allen, I think being funny is not anyone's first choice. Max Eastman, it is the ability to take a joke, not make one, that proves you have a sense of humor. It is the ability to take a joke, not make one, that proves you have a sense of humor. Boy, that's so true, huh? Some people get offended so quickly. <laughs> a little perspective, like a little humor, goes a long way. A little perspective, like a little humor, goes a long way. Alan Klein. Simon Winsenthal. Humor is the cheapest, excuse me, humor is the weapon of armed arm people. It helps people who are oppressed to smile at the situation that pains them. You know, that's so true. When uh, a lot of us in the, the fellowship have let down our, our guard, and when a person comes in throwing all kinds of javelins and knives and hating people, places, God, society, our humor is what protects us. There was a time when I was in a meeting in uh, La Puente, California, and I was in there, and there was about maybe, we were all stuffed in the chairs in there early in the morning, 6.15 in the morning, and uh, this vaquero, Mexican cowboy guy, came in with a, with a court card and he sat in between us all grudgy and half asleep and he started listening to us then he wanted to say something and he said you son of a bloody blah 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 and he started cussing the whole people the whole program everybody it's the stupidest thing i ever heard come in here and talk about alcoholism and he was just raging up and down and uh and all of us looked down and then there was silence you can hear the silence was so silent and someone had a rebuttal and then I spoke up and I said, I'm Fernando, I'm an alcoholic. And everybody looks my way and says, hi, Fernando, I'm waiting for that. And I, and I picked up my cup of coffee and I said, this is a great cup of coffee. And the laughter roared through the room. The laughter roared and we, we, uh, neutralized that fart in the air real quick and kept on going with, a, with our meeting. Amen. Robert Frost said, Robert, humor is the most engaging cowardice. Hmm, I don't understand that. Humor is the most engaging cowardice. Simon Westenfield, humor is the weapon of unarmed. Okay, I read that really unarmed people. It helps people who are oppressed to smile at the situation that pains them. Paul Simon, if you can get humor and seriousness at the same time, you created a special little thing. And that's what I'm looking for. Because if you get pompos, pompos you lose everything. Wow, Paul Simon. 
if you get proud, you lose everything. Or arrogant, or uh, facetious, the word facetious. Humor brings insight and tolerance. Irony brings a deeper and less friendly understanding. Agnes Replier. Humor brings insight and tolerance. Jimmy Buffett said, Humor has bailed me out out of more tight situations that I can think of. If you'll go with your instincts and keep your humor, creativity follows. With luck, success comes too. Wow, awesome. And one thing about Jimmy Buffett, he has proof of this statement. I was walking in Waikiki, Hawaii, up and down the boulevard, and I saw uh, he had a restaurant, Jimmy Buffett. Buffett. What a, what a last name for that, huh? He had a buffet out there. Humor has failed me out of more tight situations that I can think of. If you go with your instincts and keep your humor, creativity follows. With luck, success comes too. Wow, man. George Eliot said, Different taste in jokes is a great strain on the affections. Different taste in jokes is a great strain. I'm probably giving you a lot of strain right now. This thing is just, okay, that's the last page, and I'm, I'm done. I just got about four more. James Tuber said, humor is emotional chaos remembered in tranquility. Beautiful. Christopher Hitchens, I don't think it's possible to have a sense of tragedy without having a sense of humor. Frank A. Clark, I think the next best thing to solving a problem is finding some humor in it. Wow, Frank A. Clark. I think the next best thing to solving a problem is finding some humor in it. You know, it probably allows wisdom to come in and wisdom comes from God as we, we look at a situation. When I look at my truck, 2001, I say, Yes, God, the supply for it is not here yet, but it will come if we should have it. It will surely come. The windows don't want to go down. The, I can't get the visor um, to, to shut. No, I have to put something to keep the... But I thank God for my truck. I know from experience, it's just a test. You got to be grateful for the next vehicle coming its way. And we'll finish with Flip Wilson said, Get well cards have become so humorous that if you don't get sick, you're missing half the fun. <laughs> and to that, I got a I got a get well card once and it said it had a horse in the bed and the horse was in a, a medical bed and with with its cover covering its feet and covering its and it was arms it was holding a sheet up and uh, and the caption read Thank God you're not a horse or they'll shoot you. And the horse was trembling. I always use that punchline with my get well cards. I love you. God bless you. I hope this was entertaining. May we take more humor to our meetings, into our day, and work at it. It's a a gift. It's a skill. And it's a spiritual uh, antidote that brings God into the presence of the situation with results. Let's pray out. Let's pray with the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage, the humor to change those things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Let's change the word courage to humor and see what happens. I love you. 
stay.